says that you can look but you may not touch but I think I see a lot of lawbreakers up in here hello everybody hello to my incredibly loyal beautiful fan base and welcome back to the 10th let's lift our mugs to the 10th episode of my favorite podcast, your favorite podcast, your mum's favorite podcast, Wild. Hello, everybody. Great to be here. Fantastic to be here. It is so good to see everyone. I hope everybody has had a fantastic week. Oh, my word. I'm coming at you today, repping my Garfield merch. My band and I recently shot a music video where this t-shirt was featured. So I might do a giveaway. I might keep this and do a giveaway for it. When I hit, what, a thousand subs? I'm currently on like 30. When I hit a thousand subs, that's exactly what I'm going to do. Garfield t-shirt giveaway. All you got to do is comment like subscribe and pay an application fee of $200 don't worry about it easy stuff and you go into the draw to win this $28 t-shirt it's actually not this is from a company called Redbubble please excuse me I'm very sick <clears throat> so if you do hear any of these noises I'm trying to do it away from the microphone I actually do like my voice when I'm sick if you have listened to any of these episodes, even by accident, you would know that my voice is kind of high sometimes. I don't have the most masculine voice in the world. Kind of sucks, but it's what I have to deal with, right? But when I'm sick, when I was in high school, I actually had some girls tell me that my voice is quite nice when I'm sick. I am putting it on a little bit more now to try and incentivize that sexiness. But all the that is really is just them saying hey you know when your voice is slightly less high-pitched you're a little bit more bearable so you know came in at a good time 10th episode of wild who would have thought this is where we'd be now this is where we're at at episode 10 i wonder where we're gonna be at at episode 100 right Joe Rogan's got what, like two and a half thousand episodes? I mean, goodness me. But if you look back, if you look back at his first view, it was really quite uh, quite low budget as well. Super, super low budget. I mean, now he just he kind of lives the life, doesn't he? You know, he's just he just signed that huge deal with Spotify. How much was that again? If I'm not mistaken, wasn't it like half a billion dollars? Let's have a look. $200 million 
to have his podcast work exclusively or be distributed exclusively on the Spotify. That's like money straight to his back pocket, you know? I wonder if Jamie, if Jamie, his assistant, got a cut of that. Of course, bro, Rogan would have sorted him out. Like, he has a million dollars. That's just insane. How did he even get so big? I like Joe Rogan just because he's just a normal sort of dude, right? I think he's got his head screwed on straight with a lot of political stuff as well. I obviously think he's a pretty masculine dude. You know, he likes all the UFC. He likes a tussle. He likes to give him one of these, mate. But forgive me for saying this, but how the hell did he get so famous? It's probably just because of the guests that he has on, which makes sense. You know, you've got some podcasters who their entire show is dictated by their guests. As an example, Steve-O. I love Steve-O. Genuinely love Steve-O. I love the jackass guys. And when Steve-O has a good guest on, I cannot wait to watch it. But I wouldn't necessarily go out of my way to watch something where it's just him. Bobby Lee, on the other hand, I really like Bobby Lee. But Joe Rogan, I couldn't imagine just wanting to listen to Joe Rogan. It's got to be his guests. Or I think it's just because of the volume as well, right? You stick around for long enough. There's just no way for people to hide from you. So, 10th episode of Wild. Let's see where we're going to be at at episode 100. Ooh! Thinking about it. What am I going to be doing? I'm going to be... Episode 100. I'm going to have a bunch of recurring listeners going to have pumped some more money into the studio. Hopefully by that time, I'll start getting some sponsorships. Do you know what my dream would be? Oh my gosh. It's to buy an apartment, two bedrooms, two bedrooms perfect, and dedicate one of those just to a studio for nonstop filming. Do it full time. Anyways, <clears throat> ladies and gentlemen, it's great to be here. I've got a bunch of things I want to chat about. I'm going to make sure that we get crack and lacking straight into this bad boy. So firstly, I thought about some questions that are unanswered by the general public. Things that not the average person would necessarily know about. What I thought about was supercars, right? Supercars are obviously a luxury to most people, right? A dream to others, obviously, right? In terms of me, unless something really good happens in my life, I'm not going to own a Ferrari. I'm not going to own a Lamborghini. I might get the chance to drive in one. I might get the chance to drive one. Unless something crazy good happens, I'm not going to own one, right? Doesn't say, doesn't mean I'm never going to own one, but I'm not going to own one unless something big happens or something big changes, right? I, I, I find out I have like an uncle, an uncle Jebediah, who's rich as hell, and he died and he lived in Czechoslovakia and he's recently decided that I am to be his only heir. Man, I wonder if that's ever happened to anybody. Has to be. Has to be, right? Do you want to hear a crazy story? Now, this is true. I swear to you, this is not a false story. Many years ago, there was an archaeology student or an architecture student somewhere in the United States. I'll have to Google it to find out. But the principles of the story is true. And she was 
trying to find inspiration. She was at university studying different forms of architecture and she heard about the cemetery, this really small, unique, old timey cemetery. And she decided to go there on that particular day as an excursion to just study the tombstones, study the buildings in the actual cemetery. She's walking around, she's studying through some of the tombstones and there's a building right in the middle. And there's a pastor, gentleman, the Bible in his hand, collar around his neck. And he stood outside looking at his holy watch, peeking about, and he sees this woman. And he goes, excuse me, are you here for the funeral? And she goes, no, 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 I'm just walking around. I'm an archaeology student, I'm just studying some of the buildings. And the pastor goes, wow, listen, this might sound odd, but we're burying a gentleman today, very old gentleman. He has family, but nobody showed up. He was apparently not very well liked. He's got nobody in there. Would you be willing to come in and be the only individual to see him off into the next stage of his spiritual existence? And the woman thinks for a bit and she goes, oh my gosh, is that disrespectful to attend a funeral of somebody that I didn't even know? And then she goes, it would be more disrespectful if I said no. Whoever this guy would be, there has to at least be one person, even if it has to be a stranger, to see him off. And she says, okay. And she goes in. And it's a open casket, old man old, old man. And she sits down in the pews and the pastor talks about this gentleman. The obituary was pre-written by the guy who died. He had written about himself, about his family. And in the obituary, he says something along the lines of, I want to thank you all for being here today. I know that we had Tremendous up and downs in our, in our family and in our relationships. I know I've never been the best person. He was a business owner, this guy. He was a business owner and he had apparently made a lot of money. But he was very stingy. Very, very stingy. His family would struggle. His family would hurt. His family would live in poverty. Nieces, uncles, nephews. And they would come to him and they would say... Can we, can we borrow some money? Can you help us out? We want to buy a house. My kids can't afford to go to school. And he would say, no. And they'd write him off. They'd say, fine, you want your money that bad? Keep it. So the obituary continues. And he says, I've realized now in life that money is not everything. The only problem is I discovered it too late. I'm not expecting many people to show up at my funeral. So to those who have showed up, I've made it my decision to split all of my assets equally amongst every one of you. And the only individual who has sat in those pews was that woman. And because that woman 
made that decision to go in and see that man off, she inherited that man's entire, entire, entire fortune. How crazy is that? Now, is that a true story? I'm pretty sure it is. I saw it on a TV show. <laughs> I saw it on a TV show called Beyond Belief Fact or Fiction with Jonathan Frakes. Have you seen that show? That show is so cool. It used to scare the hell out of me. I used to get so spooked by that program. It would basically show these different scenarios and some of them would be true, some of them would be false. Like another example was somebody who found a motorcycle in a shed after they bought this old farm and they find this old Harley Davidson and they try and sell it and nobody wants it. And the guy starts like sending off the serial numbers and he's like, would you, would you, know, would you just give me $500 for this? And everybody's like, no, I don't want it, I don't want it. Until somebody calls him and he begs him, he's like, I'll give you 10 grand for it. And the guy's like, why? And he goes, it doesn't matter. Just, just, I'll give you 10 grand. Just say yes. I'll come by right now. And then the guy's like, no, I'm not going to do it. You're acting really weird. It gets all suspicious. And then he starts doing his own research and turns out that this Harley Davidson was given to Priscilla Presley by Elvis Presley as a gift for their wedding or something like that. I don't know. A lot of this sounds really kind of old wives taily but it still feels good to kind of hear doesn't it to the average person supercars quite out of their budget but i thought to myself what actually happens when you want to go and buy a supercar what's the process like do you get treated well you know there's a few videos online where it's individuals who will go in and to be honest the the, the procedures seem quite standard I honestly don't know. I've never had the fortune of owning a really nice car. At the moment, I own a Volkswagen, a VW Polo, and I am in love with it. I feel so lucky to be able to have a car like this. I would have never thought growing up that I would have a, a VW, which sounds silly, right? But my first car, excuse me, my first car was a Suzuki, a Suzuki Alto. This is what it looked like. It was the lamest fucking car in the world but it was cool it was mine i was so excited when i got a car for the first time yeah and i might sound really ungrateful let me kind of talk you through this process and i'm going to be honest i can imagine that this is going to make me sound super ungrateful and it is incredibly ungrateful so i'm going to just put this out there when i got my first car i was extremely ungrateful i'm going to tell you why even though I'm telling you now that I know I wasn't grateful. My grandpa, my grandpa, grandfather, he promised to buy me a car for my, when I turned 18. Like on the day that I turned 18, I was going to get a car, which was awesome, you know, thinking back to it now. The only thing I used to say to him was, grandpa, getting a car to me is a huge deal. It's an enormous, enormous deal. All I'm going to ask you to do, please, is don't buy anything until I've seen it, right? That's the only thing I can ask you for. So every now and then, let me find the car first. Every now and then he'd come and pick me up. What is it, 2006 or something? Oh, let me just have a look at that. Yeah, here it is. Every now and then, maybe twice a month he would come and pick me up 
and we would go to different car dealerships and he had a budget. His budget was about $10,000, right? That's the equivalent, give or take at that time, which is a lot of money, right? To buy this car outright. I wouldn't have to pay him back a dime. Very fortunate, right? Very, very blessed. I said to him, the only thing I'm going to ask you is just don't buy anything until I've seen it. That's all I'm going to ask. And he said, of course not. I'm going to take you car shopping, which he did. Him and I went to a bunch of places and most cars would be out of our budget because it would be car dealerships. They would sell new cars, right? He wasn't going to buy me a brand new car because that's way too expensive, which is completely understandable. He said, that's going to be the limit. And one day <clears throat> we're driving down, we stop at a dealership and we find this car, a red Opel Corsa, two-door, 1.6. Very, very cool. Very cool little thing. Could you imagine being 17 and this is gonna be your first car? <coughs> I don't think a lot of this episode is listenable. Now, could you imagine being 17 and that's gonna be your first car, right? I was, absolutely over the moon with excitement so we speak to the guy and he lets me sit in it and he's like what do you think and i look at my grandpa and i go this is amazing like this is it this is the car that i feel an incredible amount of attachment to already it just seems so boy-like sick fast two doors like this is what i want and my grandpa looks at me and he goes We'll take it. So he calls the car, the 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 dealerman, dealer guy, sales guy, back, and he goes, "All right. Now we want this car. It's his birthday in about three weeks. We want you to go to the back, and we want you to ask the dealership owner if he'd be willing to accept. I think it was eight thousand dollars. He said, "I will give you all of the money in cash." Not, not necessarily just mean I'm going to pay it up front. I will bring you the money in cash because that's how my grandpa rolls. Cash. And the guy goes, all right, well, my dealer, the owner's not here right now. That's an incredibly generous offer. Thank you so much. What I'm going to do is I'm going to grab your number. The dealer guy, will, the owner will be back in about two hours. I will give you a call to let you know what he says. And we get in the car, we go home and I'm staring at this car, I'm taking photos of it. I'm sending it to my friends and I'm going, look at this thing. And then about two hours, three hours goes by and we get a phone call from the salesman and he says, hello, I want you to know something. Your offer has been accepted, but there's something you do need to know the car has been in an accident. And I didn't know this, but the car was previously in an accident and there might be some serious mechanical faults. However, your offer has been accepted. And my grandpa, justifiably so, says, oh, well, in that case, we're not gonna take it. Thank you so much. And I was disappointed and I said, it's all right, grandpa, don't worry. We'll find another one. And then as luck would have it, like a week later, my grand, my grandpa goes and he decides on his own accord that he's going to buy a car and it's going to be one that he chooses. And he decided to choose a Suzuki Alto, this one over here. And at first, I'm not going to lie, 
I was pretty darn disappointed. I mean, look at it, dude. It's like the shittiest looking car. Okay, and I know that that sounds terrible, but it is. You can't pick up girls in this thing. No way. Chicks would laugh at you. They'd be like, get out of here, bro. Rather drive on a bicycle. <clears throat> I remember pulling up to school on my first day when I where I had this and I built up the courage and the confidence to <laughs> drive to school. And I got made fun of by kids who were walking to school. The engine was so slow. It was a one liter engine. <laughs> Dude, one liter. I didn't even know cars came in one liter. You know, there would be like faster electric wheelchairs. But <laughs> it was very reliable, right? I never had any issues. It was super cheap on fuel. Uh, and when I sold it, I was really upset. You know, I had all my accidents in that thing. You know, kind of got it all out the way. I hit a dustbin on my second day that I had it broke the side mirror. What else happened to it? I oh, like general, like tiny fender benders, nothing, nothing nuts. But then in the end, I was super sad. In the end, I was super sad to having to let it go just because, you know, you spend four or five years with it. It's like really cool. It's, it's yours, you know, not all my friends had cars. So if you ever wanted to go anywhere, you can. Good days. Anyway. So as I said, yeah, now I got a, a Volkswagen and it's a beauty. All right. So very quickly, I wanted to just run through what actually happens when you buy a supercar. Okay. So I found this Reddit comment. I'm just going to read it. Okay. So at least in the US, this is what happens. First step is going to the dealer and putting a deposit down. Second step is specking the car with your desired options. That means specific seats, specific stitching, engine sizes, valve restrictions, uh, automotive limitations. I'm just making this shit up. I don't know about cars. Between 15 days to a month, Ferrari will tell you personally if your spec has been accepted. So if you've got no weird stuff in there, no ridiculous specifications, uh, then you get more of a priority because it's basically like your deal can come and go pretty quickly. They can grab your cash. After that, it's a waiting game. Now get this, right? It's actually kind of hard to get some of these cars. You know, a lot of people think it's just a case of, I mean, I'm sure, you know, if you've got the money to just go in and just buy it outright, I, I don't know if Ferraris will necessarily turn you down. I've heard that Justin Bieber was blacklisted from buying a Ferrari after he was caught uh, drag racing in Dubai. But to be honest, I think that's probably bullshit. I don't think a company would ever do that, right? But anyways, this is from a Ferrari owner. If it's your first Ferrari, there's two avenues. You have to order one of the not so desirable cars first, which is the Portofino, Roma, GTC4, Luces, whatever that is. Then, when it arrives, you have to own it for a year before Ferrari lets you have anything mid-engined or V12'd. That's bullshit. Could you imagine that? You going to this company and going, hello, I'd like to buy one of your expensive, ridiculously priced cars, please. And they go, no, you can get crap one first. And then you come back, you buy another one. 
It's like, fuck you, bro. Fine. I'll just go and buy 18 Hyundais. And I'll create a crash up derby. Okay, so that's the, the first avenue if it's your first Ferrari. The second avenue is you have a super nice relationship with your dealer, meaning they sell other brands and you are a customer and Ferrari also wants you and will sell you one of their more desirable models. By the way, more desirable doesn't mean limited production. Your SF90s, 296s, 812s, etc. After you get your allocation and your deposit, you'll sign three things. Number one, a promise not to butcher your car with aftermarket stuff, aka misrepresentation of the brand. What are they gonna do? If I wanna put a big old sticker on there of the North Korean flag, you're gonna take it away from me, Ferrari? That would be upsetting. Number two, something that says that if you flip your car, they won't sell you anything else, not even a hat. <laughs> That's funny. And number three, a paper that says that if you want to sell it after a while, you'll consider your dealer before any other offer. This helps both resale value and certified pre-owned stock. After all the signatures and the deposits, you will wait. Your weight depends on three things in order of importance. How important of a customer you are, the amount of tasteful options in your car, and when you place the order with your dealer. Your order then gets mixed in for the orders in that semester and you are assigned a place in the list. This is kept by Ferrari and you won't know of the existence. After a year or more, a year or more, your car will be shipped to your dealer and if you are able to pay finance it, you'll be the proud owner of a prancing horse, which is not only the greatest car brand ever, but the most recognizable emblem in the world. I know that for some, this process might be tedious, but it's one of the reasons for the strong resale value and brand recognition. Hey, they do make a point. They do 100% make a point. You know, Ferraris are pretty cool, man. I have driven in one. I was taken to my metric farewell in one, my year 12 graduation in one by one of my mom's uh, clients, not in a funny way, but like with one of the people that she works with. And those things are fast. I mean, you always know that they're fast. You always go, oh yeah, these are quick. But when you're actually in the passenger seat of one of these things, it flings you back. And it genuinely feels like a roller coaster. It's so cool. Honestly, it's so cool. If I've had the money, 100%. I don't know if I'd be willing to wait a year for a car like that, though. I mean, if you've got money, I'm sure a lot of that stuff is impulsive. But hey, maybe from a rich person perspective, impulsivity is not necessarily one of their things. I mean, it has to be in some, right? But... If you've got an issue waiting a year to spend $250,000 on what is essentially a luxury, then maybe you got something else going wrong. So in other news, ladies and gents, the 
MSG Sphere has officially launched. And this bad boy is looking sick. I knew it was going to be cool. Without a doubt, as I mentioned, the first time that thing was brought up, I said to you all, this is the first futurist. <laughs> That's Raisin. Hi, Raisin. Come say hi to everybody. This is Raisin. She's the fat one. But she's cool. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. You're going to have to entertain yourself for a little bit because I'm busy. So, when this thing first came out, I said, I was like, bro, this is the first futuristic looking building thing that I've ever seen. Okay. Look at this here bed boy. Okay. So this is a video on Reddit titled the first look inside the Vegas sphere during a YouTube concert, a YouTube concert. And this was when YouTube opened up. So YouTube opened up this thing. Even this iPhone is struggling to comprehend all of the different colors, but look how insane that looks. And then watch this. <clears throat> no idea how, but with dimensions and depth and stuff, it looks like the, the, the ceiling thing is coming down. I mean, that is incredible, right? Could you imagine the possibilities for entertainment in the future? You will have artists being able to put on anything they want in there. Movies, right? Movies. You're going you're gonna to start having production houses working on 360 degree, de degree movies, music videos. Oh, I wish I lived in America sometimes. You guys just have all the coolest stuff, man. Like I live in Australia and we've got magpies and Tim Tams. Tim Tams are pretty dope. Okay, this is a story that I wanted to tell and it's something that I normally like to tell because it's kind of funny. And it's really sad. Uh, but some of you might not know that I used to be a very fat kid. I was. I was a fatty. I was a big old fat guy. I had big boobs when I was eight years old. Look at some of these pictures. Yeah. That's me. Look at that. Look at how red my face was. I used to be that, that kid where if we went anywhere that had a pool, I would either swim with a shirt on or if my mom said, Sheldon, you are not swimming with a shirt on, then I'd walk around like this if I wasn't immediately submerged in the pool water. <laughs> it was awful. And I, I used to be a very skinny kid. And then when I turned seven years old, I, I started eating a lot and I just ballooned, right? I got super fat. I went from being a tiny kid to being almost a hundred kilograms in the space of about 18 months. I was very, very big. Uh, I weighed more when I was nine years old than what I do now. Crazy stuff. So as you can imagine, being a fat kid comes with some pretty negative experiences. I used to get bullied a lot for being fat. One of the most embarrassing things, and not even this story, was I was in a pretty tiny school and have I told the story? I might have, I'm just going to tell it again. And my teacher goes, Hey Sheldon, I want you to take this stack of papers down to Mr. Stradom's office. That was his name, Mr. Stradom. He really didn't like me. I didn't like him either. 
And I go downstairs and the grade sevens are there. I'm in grade four at this point, fat as can be. <laughs> I go and I put the, the papers down. It's a deathly quiet classroom. And then as I turn around and I walk out, Sean Ray, Sean Ray Unstead, I'll never forget you for doing this, dude. As I walk out, he goes, Sean Ray goes, deathly sign, he goes, fatty, fatty. <laughs> and everybody starts giggling. And Mr. Stradom, instead of being a disciplinarian and going, excuse me, you will not bully somebody in this class that's younger than you, yet bigger than you. You will not do it. Mr. Stradom just goes, hey, <laughs> good one. Good one, sir. Thank you for defending me. And then what did I, you know, obviously what I do, I just walk, I just went out of the classroom and walked away and spent like that 30 second journey or 45 second journey to get to my original classroom, just thinking about how sad and fat I was. Anyways, this is one of the worst things that happened to me when I was fat. I went to a place in South Africa called Ushaka Marine World. It is a, <clears throat> let's see if I can actually get a photo up of this because it'll be worth seeing. Ushaka Marine World. Ushaka. I mean, you can kind of imagine what it is. It's... It's like a water park. I love water parks. And South Africa... I mean, we've got, we've got quite a few... No, we don't have a few nice ones. We've got a couple of nice ones, I guess. Like we've got... Sun City. Sun City is sick. Anyways, so this is a shark marine world as soon as this loads. And it's basically this, you know, it's a place close to the ocean that's got a bunch of different slides in and things like that. Here's a shirtless fella. The hell is that? Is that a tattoo? I don't know. World's most venomous snakes. Shows a photo of an iguana. Sea World. Ladies in bikinis. I'm not allowed to look at this. Go to the next one. Two people having dinner there in a racial couple. So progressive. <clears throat> Wahoo's on the promenade. Okay, this is not why I'm here. Okay, so they've got a bunch of different things here. But this is not what I'm looking for. I'm looking for the different slides. Entertainment times, encounter rates. We are good at... This. Now. I'm going to have to go to photos. Just bear with me here. Ugh, I don't know if I'm going to be able to find a photo of it, but I'll just have to explain it. So, we've obviously got a bunch of different things. Oh, here it is, actually. Right there. Oh, I hope I can get into a better photo of this. This is just an overview of the park. And you've got a variety of different slides scattered around everywhere. This is what I'm this is what I'm looking for. This is what I'm looking for. Now, <clears throat> because I would be a kid that, you know, was fat and I had boobs and stuff, I was very embarrassed. I didn't like the idea of just walking around, you know, shirtless. I was always worried people would look at me. That's what happens when you're fat. Nobody likes being fat. Being fat sucks. You know, you don't feel comfortable in your own skin. I know some people say that they do, maybe they do, but I didn't. I always felt super uncomfortable in my own skin. 
So I would kind of hang out at the places that didn't have a lot of people around. And this over here, what you're seeing here with these tubes, this is called the Lazy River. The Lazy River goes all around the park, and it's essentially that. It's you in a tube, and you go slowly along the scenic route of the park. What could go wrong, right? So I'm nine years old, at my fattest. My sister and my dad take me to this thing. And I'm kind of hanging about doing that on my own, looking at all the people going, I'm in the lazy river. And there's nothing to it. It's literally just a big old straightforward pool. But there's one portion of the lazy river that's a little bit different. And it's as follows. As everything traverses through and around, there's one point that has a wall in the middle, right? Just a solid line of wall. And the reason for that wall is they've constructed an artificial waterfall that just goes over the top and flows down that way. Right? So the idea is you'll go through your tube and you'll be, oh, a little bit of wet water. You know, it's nice. I am surrounded by it, but it's all good. And I'm going down, going through one of these, and we get to this, <laughs> we get to this wall. It's a busy-ish day, and I'm over here, and there's a girl coming past me. She's probably like 19. A bit of a babe, if I do say so myself, huh? You know, I was nine. I could, I could tell what a lady was. I knew. And we get to the front, and we get into this wall, and we both get stuck. Bloop! And we get stuck, and she's just just in between the waterfall. I'm like right underneath the water. And doesn't matter what I'm doing, I just can't squeeze past, right? I could have probably jumped out of the tube, tried to pull it out, but the water is falling on my face in such a way that I can't even apologize. I'm literally going, look, look, I can breathe, like it's fine. But I'm trying to get out, I'm trying to squeeze myself past, nothing's happening. We're stuck there for a good 40 seconds. No jokes. Sounds like a long time, and it was. I thought it was just a bit of gentle fun. I was like, hey, I'm here with a girl, sick. You know, the natural order of things is that this 19 year old girl will look at me, who's nine and fat, and she'll go, man, we were stuck in there. Do you wanna come and party with us at a nightclub tonight? In my head, that's what's happening, right? And <laughs> we're stuck, and then she manages to just ugh, squeeze through. She didn't hit me or anything. And as we're through, I'm laughing. I'm thinking, oh, it's a gentle bit of time, right? As we get through, she comes past me and her boyfriend is waiting about 15 meters away that way. He's noticed that she's not there. So he's turned around to look and wait and see where she's at. And as loudly as she possibly can, this woman, and I'm gonna say it in Afrikaans because you'll understand what she said. As loudly as possible, this woman spots her boyfriend, turns to look at me. We are surrounded by other people, by the way. I caused the blockage. She turns around, looks at me, looks back at her boyfriend and goes, Babe, here fat ass at my block. 
babe, this fat ass blocked me. Safety say I was pretty sad. I was very embarrassed. Thinking back now, it's funny. It's a good story to tell. But dude, I would never in a thousand years call a child a fat ass to their face. It's like the worst, dude. It ruined my day. It ruined my whole vacation. I'm sure after that, my dad was like, all right, you guys want to go have something to eat? I was like, no. I mean, I, I did. I definitely would have gone. I, like, I, I didn't know that. Ugh. Very embarrassing. Alrighty. I hope you all enjoyed that story. I love telling that story. Oh no, what have I done? Can you guys still hear me? Yeah, you can still hear me. Alrighty. So I do have something else that I wanted to chat about, but you know what? I think I'm gonna end it there. Bit of a highlight, isn't it? Good way to end it. I've got some more stuff, but I'll save that for the next one. Ladies and gentlemen, I wanna thank you all for being here. If you have generally stuck around to the end of this, I'm not fooling around when I say that. It really does mean a lot. To be able to do this podcast, to be able to just talk to some people once a week, it makes me feel good. And I'm gonna be doing this for a really long time. And I appreciate you giving up your time to listen to this more than you could realize. I hope you all have an amazing week. Apologies about the gross noises I made today while being ill. Unfortunately, next week I'm gonna be back with my irritating bitch voice, but I hope you can look past that. Until then, take care.